Hello and welcome to the Talking Tenants podcast, where we look to speak with top performers in sales, technology, talent, acquisition and sport. And we try to understand the principles, tenets or beliefs um, of each of these performers, along with some tools and routines and hacks that we can learn from and be inspired by. This week, we have Sam Barnett on the show, the head of talent from MYOB. My hack for the week or for the podcast is something called the physiological sigh. Now, we're all aware of certain techniques we can use to improve our mindfulness and mental health and well-being over the long term, things such as yoga, mindfulness, meditation. But is there a tool or a technique that, that can help you in a day-to-day, in times where you feel stress, so the the buildup in your body of adrenaline and cortisol um, is good in your body, but to the to the effect that it is overwhelming your decision making or your ability to um, present in a way that you would like to, it can be a deterrent. So, is there a tool or a technique that you can use um, in these kind of situations? Perhaps it might be um, if you're about to do a demo, if you're about to have a difficult conversation with a team member or with a customer and you want to regain your focus and approach it in a more calm manner, then this is a technique you can use. I've used it since learning about it and it it certainly works. The basic premise is it's a breathing technique, which is two short inhales through the nose and a long exhale through the mouth. I'll put in a link to um, how you can learn to do this. A uh, chap who is a neurological professor at Stanford University, Dr. Huberman, has a great podcast, which I've talked about before in previous podcasts. The link will show you how to do it and why you should do it. And I think it's a really good hack that you can learn, that you can um, access on a day-to-day that's going to help. So hopefully it's helpful and enjoy the show. Hello, Sam. <clears throat> Hi, John Joe. So delighted to get Sam Bennett on the show today, the head of talent at MYOB. <clears throat> Sam's a former agency recruiter, a real talent, a passionate talent leader, talent aficionado. He's been with MYOB for um, almost six years now, building a ta- talent team up from um, fairly modest routes to a team of up to nine um, and staffing an organization of uh, over two and a half thousand st- staff which is moving at the pace of a startup. So, um, Sam, hopefully I've given you a little bit of an intro uh, there, but maybe you could talk us through your journey and uh, your role at MYOB. Yeah, sure. So um, I joined MYOB as their first tech recruiter. They hadn't had one before. Um, came in for a specific program of work um, as they were going through, at that stage, a huge uh, transformation and then took on a lead role in the tech talent team and built that team out to support our tech needs in the business, and then took on the talent acquisition manager role, which is looking after the talent across the whole business. So I've moved from tech to everything uh, and anything and um, have gone through that transition with them. And MWeb has gone through a really significant change of like that not everybody would perhaps know about in market, though it is, it has been big, and you've been part of um, a pre-transformation MYOB and a post, and played different roles throughout. What, what what's been um, perhaps the biggest change for you, leading talent and being part of an internal talent team since the acquisition? 
of um, so, Moby. Yeah. Okay. So since the acquisition with KKR, I think we've become a lot more focused on our customer needs and therefore we have had a really, really clear vision of where we need to get our um, products to and that's moving everything to the cloud. So I would say as part of the acquisition, we've been more clear than what we've ever been before as to where we need to get to and what our customers need from us to help them ultimately be more successful with what they're doing. Um, I would say though the pace of which we've worked has always been um, fast, and it's always been a business that has been going through some sort of uh, some sort of transformation. And um, so, if I think about my journey, even though we've gone through public, private, public, private, um, it's always been fast, and uh, we've always had a lot to do with um, what's needed in the business. Of course, from a talent need perspective, to support where the business is going. So. Uh, I can't say that it's been slow at any point. Every single part of that journey um, across those different stages of the business have been extremely fast. And so you you were an agency recruiter by trade, um, a game you're you're still fond of, um, and you obviously were a prolific agency recruiter. All of a sudden, you're thrust into um, uh, an opportunity where you're managing talent for one of Australia's largest tech tech organisations, going through a transformation. What were your initial impressions and thoughts when you were um, um, when you took that role and you saw the opportunity and task at hand? What were your initial impressions? So I think my initial impressions would be I did not realize how much you can get involved in and how big a talent strategy actually is. Um, I am an advocate for agency. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed my time in agency. Um, but what going internal or client side has given me is that insight as to every single element of the talent strategy. Um, and I think a talent strategy differs for different organizations as well. So um, if you're a tech business, I think it's quite different. If you go and do retail, for example, there's different needs there and what you're looking for. So um, I think in my time uh, at NYOB and going internal from agency is just being across so much. Um, and it's a bit of a cliche to say when we say opportunity rich, but there is just so much to do and to continually evolve as well. I think being in technology you are within an industry that is always evolving and therefore your talent strategy needs to align to that need as well. So, yeah, I've been exposed to a lot in that time, which I never thought was possible. And how do you come up with a, a talent strategy to begin with? Is that something that's quite personal to yourself? Is it as a result of um, the market customers? Where does that brainchild come from uh, initially? Uh, initially, I was winging it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think we were learning as we were going. Um, if we talk six years ago, we were one of the few tech companies that were going through such growth um, at that point. So it was high, high, high growth. Um, and if you look at the strategy now as to what we're working in and not having access to global talent as easily as previously that we did um, being in COVID times, um, we've had to alter our talent strategy for that too. So um, we've adapted where we've needed to. We've learned as we've gone. Um, we've been okay with failing along the way as long as we've learned from it and we've experimented a lot. Um, so I think being a part of a business that does support that experimentation mindset has definitely helped us. Um, as to what we should use and when and at what part of journey and making sure when we are implementing things, what is our return on investment? What is our data telling us? 
Um, and I think our talent strategy as well has definitely matured over the time because we have been using data more and more as well to make those decisions. So um, thankfully, with uh, the tech that we do use, we do get some really interesting insights to help us form that. So I would say that's probably the, the biggest um, maturity stage of our strategy has been using data more and more. How important was that analysis of the tech stack for talent acquisition when you um, became the lead? Is that something you did as one of your first priorities? In terms of what tech we were using as a business? Yeah, yeah particularly in talent, yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, I mean, we've always just explored with different um, tooling of what we can use to help us be successful. Um, ultimately, we look at it from a lens of what's um, going to give us a great experience from a hiring manager, from an agency partner experience, from a candidate experience perspective, and then our own team internally as well. Um, and making sure we're using the right tool that touches on all of those points and is a great experience across all those touch points too. Um, so I would say it's just something that we're looking at daily. Um, it's uh, We have always taken the time to ensure that we're working on and looking at the return on investment as well, that it is the right tool. So I would say we review our tooling probably every three to six months um, and make sure that it's giving us what we need. Is, is there a certain um, philosophy on hiring that MYOB or, or yourself um, abides to could you encapsulate you know some companies talk about we do this or we only hire this um and it seems quite inherent then that's a good way of um looking at things and is that something that you do yourself our philosophy is um so we we will absolutely focus on making sure that we're getting the right culture add to our business um, so therefore that means that sometimes we will be hiring on potential so we can see that they're not necessary they won't necessarily have the right skills and experience right now but we can see that at attitude or aptitude for what they do and what they believe in and what they're passionate about um, and that helps us make our decisions so our philosophy is that um, let's get the right people in the business that have the right mindset and the right drivers and we can help teach that um, skill and experience. And I think an example would be our, our Future Makers Academy and what we do around developer and growing people, um, specifically in the tech part of the business, where we know there is a demand for talent, but there's not necessarily the skills in the market or enough uh, companies, organizations, um, putting together programs to help support that growth of that digital talent. Um, so I would say that we do have a huge focus on how we can grow the talent within. We still, we have a multi-pronged approach. Um, we build, we buy, um, and we partner as well. Um, so we just got to work out what makes sense at which part of our business on whether we are going to build, buy, or partner. Right. And how important is it for the philosophy um, on talent acquisition to be something that, that resonates throughout the business? So from the exec level through to your business leads, how important is it that that comes from them and they're involved in it as opposed to it being disjointed? So I think often, um, I think a challenge for talent acquisition leads is they're going out to do something that, that isn't necessarily being supported by the other parts of the business because they don't necessarily they haven't spoke about it or know what they are trying to achieve together. Was that um, a conscious process that MYOB have gone through or how how would a talent leader go and go about making sure that everybody's on the on the same journey for talent acquisition? 
Yeah, because you never want to be told, oh, HR told us to do that, right? It never goes down well. Um, mm-hmm. And we don't we don't use the word HR at NYOB. We're employee experience. Um, our right. chief employee experience um, officer would be very glad to hear that. So yeah. um, we, we make sure we are, and it's one of our values that we collaborate. Um, so we are always having conversations with our hiring teams or hiring managers, um, exec or very, very involved with recruiting um, and making sure that we're working on our talent strategies that suit their teams and their needs um, and that we're listening to them. We, we run people hack sessions to make sure that we get the feedback that we need to or discovery sessions um, when we're forming these strategies that it is not something that we've just think that works well on our side and didn't get their views. So um, we do a lot of discovery work and in collaboration with our hiring managers uh, when we make decisions. You know, an example would be um, we have just um, implemented a new application tracking system. We've got hiring teams, uh, individuals, leaders throughout the business as part of that decision. It's not something that just comes from the talent team. We know that our hiring teams and managers are going to be on the tool just as much as us. um, And we want to make sure that it's the right thing for the whole business and everyone that's involved. So I'd say collaboration, it doesn't just come from us. And your work matters is um, um, a, a, a program that you put forward. Sam, is that right? That's that's been your baby, which is um, MYB's employer brand value proposition. Um, could you talk to us about how a business like MYB has managed to attract such great talent um, at such velocity um, when the market's been so hot and there's been so much competition? Um, what kind of and planning has gone into that approach and how have you executed on hiring so many people um, due to growth this year and last year? Yeah, so I'd love to claim Your Work Matters as my baby, but it was developed by um, some very clever cookies uh, that I worked with previously. And uh, we recently did a revamp um, and Your Work Matters Mm. is our EVP, which is stuck. um, And we made the decision to keep it because we know that it does um, resonate well with people in the market and the brand, our employment brand is um, or has remained strong. So we have a number of measurements that we uh, run with our EVP to ensure that we're on top of it um, and that it does still resonate with candidates out there. Um, so we do that work in the background uh, to make sure that it's still attracting the right talent for us. We recently, as part of that work, um, changed some of how we position ourselves in the market to make sure that we are attracting the right people for our business. As we've gone through a transformation and finding that skills or experience or the the types of mindsets that we want in the organisation, it has been a shift in what we've looked for in the past. Um, And that's because we are at a new stage. Um, You know, it's, it's not... Uh, if we look at us uh, about six years ago, you could say that we had that really startup-y feel um, where it's a little bit chaotic. We're, we're a bit more organised than that now. We're a bit more mature in the way that we do things. And one of those maturity points for us was workforce planning. So as a talent team, we work very closely with our business partners to make sure we know what's upcoming um, and that we have um, full preview to those workforce plans um, to make sure that we're going to be able to attract the people that we need to our business how we do that um, and remain, like you say, at the velocity that we need to um, is we do a lot of proactive work. So it could be one example as a LinkedIn recruitment campaign um, or not even LinkedIn on other um, 
media platforms too, that we're always talking to the talent market that we are wanting to recruit from. So it might not just be that they're right for the role right now, but it could be someone that's right for us in 12 months' time and that we're continually having those relationships and conversations with those people. Um, so I think it's it's like a um, always-on type mindset that we have to the way that we do our um, our attraction uh, strategy is we don't just run campaigns specific to time. We are always thinking, okay, well, what's this going to give us and not just now but in a year's time um, and have that always-on mentality to how we position ourselves in the market. Yeah, fantastic. And I think that's in line with the market as to what, what we see, right? So um, some um, discussion about the fact that candidates nowadays are consumers like any other product. So their details are online. I think we both, we, we spoke about this the week. Their details are online. They're essentially waiting for you to nurture them over a period of period of time throughout their career. And you need to be constantly engaging with them and making sure that um, the way you engage is compelling and it's consistent. Um, so the fact they're always on seems to resonate quite well with that, that you're looking to get um, touch points uh, to them, at, you know, throughout the course of the year that's going to lead them to MYOB, whether now or in six, 12 months. <clears throat> Absolutely. And we want to be making sure that our voice out there is true to who we are. We don't want to be selling something that we're not, right? So we're really authentic in the way that we go about it and we're sharing our story in the way that we are today um, and where we're going as well. So people know what they're getting themselves into. There's nothing worse than joining and realising this is not what I thought it was. So we try to paint a really clear picture of what it's like to work for MYOB. Um, and then, you know, you get into the whole onboarding experience and making sure that is an exceptional experience as well, because we know people will leave really quickly if you don't have um, that sort of experience to begin with. So um, every part of that journey is important to make sure that you are really providing what you have said you're going to. How do you go about building um, a talent team so that people are actually executing on this strategy? Um, so you've gone from two or three in the early days up to nine um and that's growing still how do you decide how many talent acquisition people you need what kind of skills and experience you need you know what markets they're going to look after what's what's your strategy there for somebody who's setting up a ta team for the first time you will feel like a wreck to wreck for a little bit uh, and that's okay yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um i think uh the the biggest advice I would give to someone that's building a team, especially in a market like that we're in now where recruiters are in absolute demand is, as you would say to your other, um, you know, hiring managers or recruiter, don't just go ahead and hire anyone. Absolutely make sure that you're getting the right person, that they're going to stick around um, and that they are that add to your team as well. Um, so that's something that I've always taken seriously is making sure that we get the right people for our team. And I think we can see that within the longevity that we've had on our team. Um, again, um, I've always been really honest in the recruitment process with recruiters as to what it's like to work at MYOB. Um, and I often say, you know, it's not it's not for everyone. It's not somewhere that you just come. It's not a cruisy role because there, there can be that perception out there about going internal. Um, and you, you need to be up for um, the challenge and it's you're going to have to bring the energy and you're going to have to fight the fight because tech is obviously very, very competitive. Um, so I think uh, number one would be absolutely take the time to get the right recruiters and that's something that I've done in planning for it. I don't think, and it's interesting right now in the market that we're living into is 
you can just continue to add and add and add recruiters. Um, but long term, you don't want to be in a position of that and all of a sudden you have to downsize again because the market changes. So I think you need to have that forward thinking of what you are you, what are you building over the next five years? Are there different ways that you can do things? Um, so uh, we, we currently are putting in a sourcing model um, at the moment. So being able to have that growth within the team as well and not just hiring, for example, senior recruiters um, and that we have that growth from junior all the way through and speaking true to what we would, again, advise our hiring managers hiring on potential to. Um, and there, we have seen a trend of getting more junior recruiters out um, into internal teams and training them up. Um, so, yeah, and I think from a planning perspective with that workforce planning, you know what's coming and you know what you should plan for, um, which definitely helps. So um, I would say if you don't have a workforce plan, work with your business to make sure you've got that so that you've got the right team in place um, because you want to make sure that you're on the front with, with front foot with getting that talent in. Um, and as we near the end, Sam, we always try to um, pick up some hacks from the leaders we talk to as part of this Talking Tenants podcast. So um, you're obviously leading a talent team in a huge business, so much going on. You obviously are running a small family as well with um, uh, a young boy. What underpins your um, ability to work at such um, high performance and high pace and high cadence? Are there any hacks that are... So we say, are there any hacks or learnings or tools, technology that you can't live without each day or routines that really set you up for success that others might um, be able to bring into their day? I think the biggest thing that I've learned over time uh, with working in such a fast-paced environment is that you really need to identify which parts of your role are going to have the biggest impact. When you're in an organization where you can be involved in so much, um, you really need to be able to determine and go, let's say you've got your list of 10 things that you want to focus on, picking out and saying, who on the team could I delegate that work to? And they're going to get the experience from that anyway. Which parts of the role can only sit with me um, so that I'll take on that and deliver that and prioritise in that way? Because otherwise, you'll just be doing little bits of everything everywhere um, and you won't feel that impact. So for me, it's been really about working out what are those top three things that are going to have the biggest impact in our 90-day cycles that we work towards um, and focus on those. And it's okay if you don't get to those other things. You know, those 1% that will make a difference in some way you will get to eventually um, or someone will have the opportunity to take them on but you've got to be okay with you can't do everything um, I think you'd be setting yourself up for failure if you try and think in that way um, or you'll just reach burnout stage which you don't want um, so I think that focus on prioritization is key that's really interesting and, and with that in mind then has your um, view of what success in in um inverted commas as your view of success changed over time as you become more mature and um you're working under a lot more i suppose you've got different and more um things that you've got to manage as your idea of success changed over time would you say how would you define it um I'm not sure my idea of success has changed, um, but what I would say is something that I've been working on in the business and I think as um, as part of the industry as well is to move people away from the mindset of seeing success as hierarchical. Um, there is so much growth within role. So I think a lot of people are fearful you know, if they're not getting that next role that has that big title, they're not going to get the next job that they really, really want. Um, 
But I think the people actually that you are going, you go, wow, that's impressive, is when you see people grasp their roles and take on more than the role initially looked like um, or, you know, are getting involved in things that are making a big difference within the role um, is is a huge, huge, or it's a different way of thinking and approaching your career. Um, So I would say if you're in a position of where you might be frustrated because you're not getting that next big title, it'd be more the conversation of what more can I do in my role that's going to add value and where I'm going to get experience to, or who else can I be working with in the business to get experience? Mm. Um, So that growth within role mindset is really something that's stuck with me, especially in the last couple of years, I would say, with lots of career, uh, career conversations happening. That's interesting to control what you con- can control and try to take the ego out of it to an extent. Maybe. Yeah, and you yeah. probably end up doing stuff that you actually really love, um, yeah. you know, getting in projects that, um, you know, are something that you're genuinely passionate about. Yeah, fantastic. Sam, I'm conscious uh, of your time, so um, wrap it up. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Uh, loads of learnings for um, tech leaders and talent leaders uh, in ANZ. So, um if there's anybody that wanted to reach out and get some advice from you, are you happy for people to contact you to um, um, connect and have a chat? Yeah, absolutely. Nice Just not LinkedIn. LinkedIn. Joking, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, anyone right. can uh, reach out. I'm always up for a chat, definitely. Fantastic. All right, Sam, cool. thanks very much. Thanks, John Joe. Bye.